0: Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Milestone Church. We're so glad that you are here and I'm glad and honored to have you here at Milestone McKinney. My name is Chris. I'm the campus pastor here and uh, as Pastor Nick said, we know that each and every week it's someone's first time. If this is your first time and I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I look look forward to meeting you after service. Well, we are starting a new series called It's Worth It. 2.0. And uh, this is week one. So if this is, again, your first time, you're just jumping in, it's not too late to be a part. It's not too late to jump in. Uh, We've got small groups that are launching this week. I want to encourage you, find a small group, get plugged in. We have our team out there that will help you be able to find a group that's right for uh, maybe your season of life or your location in the North Dallas area, whatever it may be. We want to help you build relationships, grow in your relationship with God, and grow in your relationship with others. And you know, this season, this fall, it's a big moment for us. Uh, A big moment for us as a church family. A big moment for us even as a campus uh, and across all our campuses. And we're celebrating 20 years. And I know for some of you hear that, I'm even thinking of you. I, I, didn't, I didn't become a part of this team till about seven years ago. So even for you, you're hearing that 20 years, it really, there's not a, a real context to that. What does that look like? What does that mean? How does that impact us? So we're going to take the next few weeks and as we dive into these values, these biblical values that have anchored us from the very beginning, they, they've guided us, Pastor Jeff and our team, and for us, as we were in Keller, and then having the McKinney campus, and then launching the Hazard campus, and as we launch campuses all across DFW, it's these values, not just the good ideas of milestone in church, but the values that are rooted in God's word that have helped guide us as we continue to reach people and build lives, and so what's great is as we unpack this together, as we look at this together as a church family on Sunday mornings and in small groups, we're looking at these values and these the great thing about these biblical values is they translate to every area of our life so this is not just about oh okay I'm gonna learn more about milestone church and and what makes them tick that's not the idea the goal is that we look to God's Word that have guided us from the very beginning that have been the values that have anchored us and you are able to recognize and see how does that tie to my life you see because that's what can get lost in translation we hear you, Pastor Chris, in 101 and 201 and 301. We hear all these things. Pastor Jeff wrote a book. It's worth it. Now there's It's Worth It 2.0. What does that mean? What does that look like? Are these just the va- No, these values are rooted in God's Word. These values are biblical principles that can be applied and should be applied to our life. They're the things that we hold most important. You see, there's significance in the word value. We all value different things. And the truth is, this is really rooted in Matthew 13, 44. Jesus is telling a story. He's given a parable. And in one short verse, in just a few words, here's what happens. He says there was this man that found this field. And in this field, he found a treasure. And so he went and he bought that field just so he could obtain that treasure. He saw value where other people, Pastor Jeff shared this a few weeks ago when he introed and kind of set up where we're going. Some people saw dirt, he saw the treasure. You see, we all value different things. Think about what you value. I, I, I'm a Longhorn van. I would have valued a win yesterday. I don't know if you were watching college football, okay? Maybe that doesn't translate to you, all right? You know, what is it that you value, you know? Maybe your team won yesterday. Pray for your pastor. My team didn't win, okay? Is that, what, what is that? You, you think about all that we, we value different. Everyone values something different, you know? Uh, it, was, I was, it was interesting because we, we, we had a funeral service here. Yesterday, we were honoring a family, and, and uh, many of you know uh, uh, Lisa Jane. She had passed away. She had had a, a courageous battle for 18 months with, with brain cancer, and so we honored her. End of service. Again, we're celebrating her life, the end of service. Two women. You, you just kind of watch and observe this. Let I me mean, give you a peek in things you'll never hear men say. One woman says to the other, I love your boots. The other woman says, I was thinking earlier, I love your outfit. Let me tell you something, something I don't value. I'm not walking in here going, who's going to tell me they like my jacket? Now, I will say there are some of you like, you're looking sharp, Pastor. I appreciate it. You can keep your words of encouragement coming. But it's like we all value different things, right? You go, okay, I'm going to give you, you're like, all right, I'm not translating. Football teams, outfits, I don't translate. Okay, one more thing. Maybe it won't translate to you. We'll see what, we'll see what the Lord might do. Let's see if it, it translates here. Have you ever gone to Starbucks for a large group order? I go to Starbucks, and I pretty much order the same thing. I'll get a nitro brew if it's real hot. Get a little squirrely. Give me something cold, okay? All right, I get that. Every time, May I have black coffee. I just say, man, I have coffee. Would you like anything in it? No, just black. They, they asked me, like, like, are you crazy? I had a friend one time said, hey, I'm going to pick up a coffee. What would you like? He said, I like it black with cream and two sugars. I was like, then that ain't black. <laughs> I mean, that's not black, all right? You go and order for a bunch of people. say, like, I want a Frappuccino, Whippo, skinny, this, that, and the other. I'm like, what? I don't think you got all this language. I mean, you got to full-on be a linguist to be able to communicate and know how to, like, order these things, you know? A linguist, what did I say, linguistist, linguini, Lingu- what? I don't know, I can't even talk, you know what I mean? I can't even get those ideas out there. A linguist, I think that's what I was trying to say, I don't know, we'll see. But we all value things, right? We all value different things. Well, the truth is, when you look to God's Word, it's very clear on the things that He values, and it's very clear on the things that, that God values, and so when we look at this, and over the next few weeks as we look at these values, I want to make it very clear to you. Because again, as you've become a part of them, again, this may be your first weekend, or you've been coming for quite some time. Maybe you've been here from the very beginning. But here's what I want us to understand. This is not about, let's look at the values and the things that are important, and it's just about celebrating Milestone Church and 20 years of building uh, a people in the, in the DFW area. This is about looking to the values that have guided us from the very beginning. And it's looking to the very value that we're going to look at today. The very first value. Because week one, what we're going to look at today, what we're going to unpack is we're going to look at the value of the Bible. The Bible. So, you know, when you hear the Bible, everyone has different perspectives. Right? You all have a different perspective. Some of you really engage with the Bible. Really engage with God's word. Some of you, you're like, I really want to be, but like, how do I do that? I'm not much of a reader. I don't get anything out of it. It's a little intimidating. I don't fully understand it. What is it that it looks like? And so we're going to look at the value of the Bible because we value God's word. We, We had a little huddle with all our serve team, and you'll hear Pastor Jeff do it. You'll see an illustration of it in the book. If you've been to 101 here, you'll see me do it. But we take this word right here, the value of the Bible. It is the ultimate It means I stand under God's word, and everything that I experience goes through this word. I filter it through this word. We value this. I don't take this word and apply it to my life. Like I'm in a medicine cabinet. What do I need? No, I take my life, and I apply it to this word. I wrap my life around this word, and because I'm the clay, he is the potter. He's molding me. That's the significance of this word. We value the word. The the word Bible actually means book. That, that's what it means. It is the number one selling book every year, and it is the number one selling book ever. Because of the significance of its impact and the role that it plays. My prayer for you is that you would see the value and significance of this word in your life. But I, I, I want to key in on some things, because I think it's, it's obvious. We can, re, we can look and go, well, I value, yeah, I, I value that. I aspire to read that, I aspire to get things out of it, but how do we do that? One of the ways that we begin to do that is first looking and seeing what does the Word say about itself? Because God's Word talks to us about itself. It, it gives a definition, a description, an understanding of what it does for us and how it impacts our life. Here's the first thing. The Word of God will endure forever. It will endure forever. You see, we, we all are looking for something that we can actually trust. Something that we can build on. Something that will sustain us. We, we live in a world where everything is customized, right? And that's what we look for. In fact, we're going to go and gravitate towards things that are customized. But when you have something that's solid, that's anchored, you're not customizing this right here. Again, it, you're not forming this. It's forming you. It's impacting you. You see, I ask people all the time, it'll probably happen again today, you know, hey, what did you get out of the, the message today? Well, I, I got that you, you, you stumble over your words, you know, I got that Wendy wants a goat, I hear that all the time, Wendy got a goat, you know, it's like, no, I want you to get like the significance of God's word, my jokes won't last forever, my funny stories and illustrations won't last forever, I won't last forever, do you want to know what will last forever? God's word. And our heart, my heart for you, is that you understand that when you recognize that and it gets in you, you recognize and see how it will transform you. It's his word that will last forever. It's his word that will sustain. Here's, here's another thing, is that we recognize that it's alive and active. It's present. It's not old. It's, it's not as if you can't relate to it. It's relevant, and it's relevant to every generation, you see, what happens, though, is we end up reading God's Word not from a principal value standpoint. We read it from a contextualized standpoint. And how does it relate to me? I don't see anything in there in how I need to navigate this business acquisition. How I need to navigate my 401k. How I need to navigate, do I buy a home on the lake or in the mountains? What do I do? No, it, there's nothing in there about those things. But there's things about stewardship. There's things about honor. There's things about Truth. So, so you recognize it's alive, it's active, it doesn't change. It's always working in the hearts of people. God's word shall not return void. You see, when the word, I love this, and I tell parents this all the time. When, 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 when the word of God is planted in the soul of a person, it's going to do what it was designed to do. It's going to do, it may take time and it may not be as fast as you want, but it will do what it's designed to do. That's why I love last week, Next Gen Weekend. You're looking at young people who are, what I love is you had all these young people up here leading us in worship. It wasn't a talent show. They're leading us in worship. Why? Because it's an overflow of their growing relationship with God and the word of God being planted in them, in Milestone Kids, in Elevate, in their home, in their environment. Them learning to plant the word of God in their own life. And it's an overflow. Why? Because God's word will not return void. It will do what it's designed to do. And the promise of that, here's what I love, is that you may not have had a great family experience. You may not have had a great environment. God's word, it trumps that. You can be a great parent even if you didn't have great parents. You want to know why? Because this word. You can be a great spouse even if you didn't see that model. Do you want to know why? Because of this word. You see, What happens is when you take this word and you recognize and understand the significance of it, that it will not return void, and you plant that word in your heart, it will do what it's designed to do. It'll challenge you. It'll convict you. It'll encourage you. It'll grow you. It will do what it's designed to do. God's word is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching. You see, the purpose in it is for it to be used. When you you get into God's word and you begin to engage with God's word, it's going to transform you. When you read in 2 Timothy 3.16, and we'll look at this scripture in a little bit. Paul's lining out. He's writing to a young man. He's saying, look, this word is useful for a couple of things. He talks about training and correction and rebuke and that you may lack no good thing. You're going to grow. You're going to develop. Why? Because God's word is useful. It's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Have you ever felt like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know the direction that I should be moving. Well, God's word will point you in the right direction, and God's word will help be a lamp to your feet, and every step you take, it'll continue to light up the next step along the way. Every word of God is flawless, and it's a shield. You see, there's protection in his word because it's it's time-tested. It's proven and true. When you read in Proverbs 30, verse 5, and, and then I love this. Paul's writing, and it's the, the church. He's writing the church in Thessalonica, and, and you recognize that God's Word is not human words. It's the Word of God. The early church there recognized and saw and could see that, look, this is not something that just man wrote. This is inspired by God. So what happens is when you get the Spirit of God and the Word of God and you bring them together and you operate within both of them, watch out. It's dynamic. It transforms your life. It impacts you in a way that nothing else can. A lot of times we'll get real Spirit of God, Spirit of God. We get a real heavy Word of God, Word of God. But when you're lacking one or the other, you're missing out on the dynamic nature that God always intended. That's what was happening in the church here in Thessalonica. You had both happening. The Spirit of God and the Word of God coming together. You see, we could take the next few weeks, the next few moments, and we could unpack so much. There's a lot really that we want to get to you and we want to share with you. And there's a lot even today that we could talk about. I could talk about the apologetic evidence of of the errancy of this word. We could talk about large words like canonization. What does that mean? We could talk about the significance of this word and all the different authors. We could talk about how we can validate and stand on the authority of the word and all the things that line up to show and validate this word, but I think when you think about the word of God, many of us engage with the word of God, going, "I, I want to grow in my relationship with God, and I'm having a hard time." And like, how do I make this decision? H- how do I engage with my spouse? How do I have this difficult conversation? How do I? How do I? How do I be a good parent? What's God's will for my life? What's his timing? What what do I do about this business decision? That's really what we're looking to God's word for. And so what I want to do is I want to, in just a little bit, I want to look at what is it that the word of God does in our life. But what I want to do before we get into that, and and listen, this this whole series is going to be unique because I'm going to share with you. You're going to hear lots of different stories. I'm going to share with you a story here in just a minute. We're going to hear from Pastor Jeff in different moments within the message. You're going to hear as you're leading a small group. Pastor Jeff is doing the teaching in the small group. So if you're going, man, I, I, I don't know if I should lead a small group. I kind of want to lead a small group. What should I do? Just gather where you gather. It may be you and your spouse. Or it may be you and your family. You're getting together. Pastor Jeff does the teaching by way of video. So we're going to hear from so many different aspects. But we're going to learn and we're going to grow together. And I want you to hear from a story of a family that came before Milestone was even ever a church. It was, it was in its kind of pre-launch phase, if you would, and how God's Word impacted their life and the longevity of what has transpired over the last 20 years in their life once they finally surrendered their life to Christ. Let's watch this story together.
1: I grew up in a family of uh, nine, seven sisters and one brother. Uh, At the age of 14, I grabbed two beers from the refrigerator and thought, this stuff is good for my dad. Let me try it. My dad was an alcoholic, saw a lot of abuse growing up. That drinking kind of advanced. And uh, uh, at the age of uh, 18, I picked up my first DWI. My drinking just started to spiral more and more. I thought I was a social drinker. It just got worse and worse and worse. And I was a functional alcoholic. Um, I picked up my second DWI at the age of 21. My life with my wife was, was, I thought, was good. And I had money. Every time I got in trouble, I had a good attorney. My wife, she would bail me out every time. But in jail, I would pray that, Lord, get me out of here, I'll never drink. I was making deals with God. I was uh, even
2: praying for God. Even though I didn't have a relationship with him, I would pray, God, just please let him come home safe. And let him not hurt anyone else out there.
1: About the age of 27, I got hit by a train, survived the train wreck, and I had t- telephone poles. Me and another drunk driver hit each other. Mm-hmm. And
2: he wrecked down here at the end of the street. I heard sirens, and I was waiting like I normally do at the window, trying to see if he's coming. I left the kids here, and I uh, drove down the street, and they had the road all blocked off, and I I knew it was him. I just knew in my heart that it was him. But they wouldn't let me go down there and see. So he flipped and rolled a vehicle in several times.
1: After these accidents, the, the courts would always put me on probation. I never, went, I never went to prison. I was always maybe a day in jail and out, and my wife would always come and bail me out. Uh, I really didn't understand. I, I wanted to quit drinking, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I had a physical craving and a mental obsession over the alcohol, and then I dabbled in other drugs as well. And my attorney said, Eddie, he goes, you're a sick man. I can't help you no more.
2: But there was a lot of times where uh, I just, I felt like I couldn't go on. And I asked God, you know, help us. And I didn't know, you know, that's all I knew how to say (laughs) for him to help us. My, my son and my daughter were praying for us, and um, I was talking to my daughter one day and she was telling me, I told her, I, I want to go to church, I want to get right, but I don't know, I can't. I can't go to church until I get right. That was my way of thinking. So I told, and she goes, Mom, that's not the way it works, it doesn't work that way. She was already saved, Eddie, uh, my son was saved. Um, and so they were continuing to pray for us. One night, I called Eddie and said, "I invited Christ into my life." I was here in my bedroom, and I was so excited. I would—I didn't really know how to read a Bible, and I started getting the Bible out. I would go in this bedroom back here, and I'd open. I had an old Bible, I had my mother's old Bible, and I had a Bible that Eddie bought me. So I was saved in September of 2001, and um, I just got so hungry. I wanted to know Jesus. I I really fell in love with Jesus when he, I invited Him in my life. Um, I would go in my room and just, every chance I got, I wanted to be in His Word. I didn't even understand what I was reading half the time, but I wanted to be there. I wanted to know Him more. And I would ask, I want to know You, God, but I don't know how to get to You. I don't understand what I'm reading. And uh, He started showing me different things and giving me revelation here and there. and All of these scriptures started coming alive for me. It was showing me that I could all these things that I could have and what God wanted for me and how much He loved me. And um, I was excited. I mean, I couldn't wait to go to church. Every day I was thinking, okay, I get to go to church. I'm going to learn more about God. I'm going to get to worship Him. But I wanted my husband to be there with me too. I wanted him to go to church with me. And I tell God, God, I want him to go to church with me. I want him to be sitting beside me. I would get the, uh, my Bible, and I would just read it, because I didn't know Scripture. I would just get the Bible and read the Scripture from it, speak it out loud, you know? And I, so I could hear it and believe it myself. I never prayed. I didn't speak in front of anyone, because I was so insecure. I was, uh, I didn't know how valuable I was to God, that He loved me unconditionally but he showed me he goes you go pray for your husband so he was getting ready to leave and I grabbed his hand and I said God I don't know if I can do this he goes you can do it it was the best thing that God ever did it just broke the ice for me to be able to pray for him and pray over his life And but Eddie got saved a year and a half later and uh, I was so grateful when he threw his hands up and surrendered to God
1: I just raised up my hands and My father was here, my daughter was here, and some friends, and and I just surrendered. I said, "Lord, I'm yours. Do as you please." And I got water baptized by my son. And
2: my go-to scripture is Jeremiah 29:11, and I still use this to this day. I mean, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and. Give you a hope in the future and I, not to harm me. And I started declaring those things over my life what he told me, what I read in the Bible, what he said, this is what I want for you. And that's what I started doing. And we would have never gotten here without God. Mm-hmm. And God's good all the time.
0: <laughs> what an amazing story of God's faithfulness. And Eddie and Ginger. Uh, they're actually out here. They have a daughter that lives in this area. They're actually out here serving at Serve Day this past uh, April. And I've known Eddie and Ginger. I knew their son, Well, who's, who's a pastor. Pastor Eddie is on our, on our staff in Keller. And I've known Eddie and Ginger for quite some time. And the miracle of their story, it, again, it goes back to the significance of the Word of God. It won't return void when it's planted. It will do what it needs to do. Can I tell you? I want to encourage you. That's a wife. They prayed for her husband for a year and a half, believing, believing, God, you do what only you can do. You do it. I'm sure there were many times Ginger would tell you that she wanted to give up, and, and he's just going further and further. It seems like the more she's praying, he's going faster in the opposite direction, but it's only a matter of time. God's word will not return void. You see, it's moments like this. It's not just let me tell you about it. We do that because I want to show you the significance. And make no mistake, we're celebrating, yes, and yeah, they're a part of Milestone, but that byproduct, that's a byproduct of God's word in their heart and in their life. That's the significance of it. So here's what I want to do over the next few minutes. I want to make it real practical for you. I I want you to begin to see, okay, well, all right, Pastor Chris, I, I get it. I see the significance and importance of it, but what happens when I begin to read my Bible because here's the thing, we can be in a place where aspirationally we want to read the Bible. But are you doing it? That that that's where the rubber meets the road, right? It, you take it any and here's the thing, there's some of you I'll meet with and you'll get real dialed up about particular it could be about business, it could be about leadership, it could be about finances and I'm sitting down with you, you'll get you'll get you'll get I mean, you'll get turned up about it. You're like I mean, you just got to do it. I mean, they say that, you know, Pastor Chris, I was talking to this guy, and I I tell him what to do, and then they don't do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. I'm like, so how's it going to read in your Bible? Well, you see, I I mean, I really want to read my Bible. You know how to do it because you're doing it in other areas of your life. But why is it that when it comes to God's Word, I'm not able to do it there? Well, there's a couple of different reasons we keyed in on it. I feel a little insecure about it. I really don't know how to gain things out of it. What is it actually meaning? I love what Ginger said. She's like, I didn't even know what I was reading half the time. But what did she do? She kept coming. She kept coming. She kept coming. She kept coming. If you took the same persistence you do with being right about your opinion, with getting that deal done in your business, with being able to make sure you have everything lined up for your college football team, for your vacation, for your week. I go on and on. I know I'm stepping on toes right now. That's all right. You should feel that. If you were as persistent about those things, about keep coming to God's word, even though you may not understand it, how much further along will you be in a year, 5, 10, 15? And can I tell you, those little ones, those of you who have kids are watching you. They're watching you. It does the same thing in them. They'll keep coming. They'll keep coming. So what happens when we read the Bible? First is this. It inspires us. It inspires us. One of the ways that we describe the Bible is the inspired word of God. Well, it inspires us as well. 2 Timothy 3.16, I referenced this earlier. Paul is writing to a young man, and watch what the apostle Paul says. He says, all scripture, all of it, every word in this book, all of it is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness. What does the word inspired mean? It means God breathed. God breathes. It's inspired and available to each one of us. You see, the purpose of the Bible is not to solve all of life's mysteries. In fact, sometimes when we have a hard time understanding the purpose of the Bible, sometimes it may be because our life isn't surrendered to the author of the Bible. But then we also don't understand the ultimate purpose of the Bible. You see, the, the ultimate purpose, the primary purpose of the Bible is to show us Who God is. It's how he speaks to us. He wants to talk to us. He shows us who he says we are. I love what Ginger said in that video. She said, I I began to recognize how much he loved me unconditionally. That's what happens when we go to God's word. God's word is not for intellectual assent. That you know a lot of knowledge about it. It's that you know who he is and you begin to know who he says you are. You see, when you look at the word, that phrase, the word, the word, there's a couple of different meanings that we see. And so what I want to do is just for a minute, I want us to hear from Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff's going to help us kind of unpack for just a minute. What does that mean, that aspect of the word and how it inspires us? So let's watch this together for the next few minutes and
3: see what it means to be inspired by the word. So many times when you read the word in the scripture, you're talking about a Greek word, logos, which means, again, not only the person of Jesus, but also the written word of God. So the Bible that we hold is a dynamic piece of, 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 of application from God to us. It's, it is written words, but it's living words, and it's written, but it also reveals a person. His name is Jesus. So the living word of God is a a, a way you connect to who God is, Jesus, but Jesus also leads you to the written word of God to help you understand who God really is. And then for some of you, you may say, well, man, I've met Jesus, the living word, and I've been growing in the written word. Did you know there's another word for the word? It's rhema, meaning that God also dynamically speaks to us. Now God speaks to us but he never speaks in violation to the person and character and nature of Jesus and it never violates his written word. But God also, again, there's scriptures in the Bible that what we're doing right now where I'm up here talking to you and trying to bring the inspiration of the Holy Spirit with the written word of God to get you connected to God and his word. And the Bible actually says God uses the foolishness of this little activity that we're involved with as God's way sometimes of talking to you, but it's to ultimately lead you to the person of Jesus. It's ultimately to lead you there. So I wanna say, maybe you're watching online, you're like, I hear people say, I just don't get much out of the word. Well, let me, let me say maybe what the problem is. You may not be submitted to the living word, Jesus, so you're having trouble with the written word. Because the written word is only there to reveal to you the person, Jesus, the living word. So it's amazing what happens when you say I love you, Jesus, I'm submitted to you, I don't even know what that means, I give you my whole life, how much then you open that written word because now you have the living word and you open it up and you're like, I never understood it before, but I'm getting stuff out of it. It's amazing how that works. It's amazing how that whole endeavor works. In fact, the scripture passage that we see, there's a story where Jesus outlines this and it says there's two types of people One person who builds, in the the Bible, there's a person who builds on the rock and he, he gives the analogy of building on the rock is to hear the word, hear from Jesus through his word and then do what it says. So you're like, what's the whole goal of all of this, pastor? Can you hear it and will you do it? Can you actually hear what it's saying and will you... Do what it says. There's a person there in scripture that's, that heard, heard the words and applies it and when the wind blows and when the rains come and the storms come, the Bible says that house stood. But it says there's a foolish person who can't hear it and doesn't do it, and then ultimately their house is destroyed. What what is this dynamic? It's that, that God is breathing, he is speaking to us, and the desire is there that it's not just a bunch of information, but it changes your heart to such a degree that you go, oh wait, I'm hearing what you're saying. Not only am I hearing it, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do what you say. It's a powerful thing. It's really ultimately to bring you to this relationship. You know, Brandy and I, we communicated back in the dark ages by letters at first. And then I found out, I know this is crazy, I found out at Baylor University, my freshman year, mid-semester, that we had an email address at the computer lab. And I know young people are like, that is so sad. And I just found YouTube too, so I made it pretty, pretty far, you know? But I found out we could go to the computer lab with the Apple IIe computers and a dot matrix printer. And there would be, you got mail. And when we started dating, we were long distance. She lived in the Weatherford area, I lived down in Waco. And then we sent a few letters and then we figured out we could email. And man, it was, it was no troublesome thing for me. It was no arduous task. It was, it was really not hard at all for me to walk from my dorm at Penland over to the Baylor Library to see if I got mail. Because the words on that email were coming from somebody that I wanted to know what they said. I had a relationship, so I was connected, so I wanted to know. And that is the same way it is with the Bible. When you began to believe that the Bible is God's ultimate words to you, it's his love letter to you, it's his email to you, it's him wanting to talk to you, it's him preparing you. Still to this day, I read from this book and most mornings I'll read from it and it's amazing. This still happens to me. I'll read something and I need it that day. That very day, What I read that morning is something I need from God because he knows me, he knows what's going on, he knows if I'll seek him, then I can find him. He's not trying to be. God works in mysterious ways. Of course, there is some knowledge of God that we can't fully understand, but there's so much of God that you can understand because he breathed on the words on this page to tell you how he thinks and who he is and what his nature is. You see, when you're inspired by God's word, it brings clarity.
0: I love what Pastor Jeff said. That it all works together. The written word, the living word, the, the spoken word, it comes together and he wants to speak to you. He wants to bring clarity to you. He wants to connect with you. And, and what happens is, just like he said, we all can relate to that, especially those of us that are married. You don't have to be, I mean, no one has to motivate you to, 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 like he said, walk across however far it was to check if you got, met. now it just comes on your phone. No one has to motivate you. You're, you're self-motivated. Why? Because you want to know in a greater way. Well, what happens is when you're inspired, you long to know in a greater way. Here's the second thing is what happens is we go from not just being inspired, we recognize that the word of God changes us. It changes us. When we we recognize it, when we read this word, we think we're reading this word, but here's what's going to happen. You start reading this word and you start recognizing this word is reading me. Because it's, it's amazing how he says, it. it's true. I'll get up, and what I needed to read that morning, it's like, man, God uses it, and he speaks to me. That's just what I needed, and I'm encouraged by it. But again, I've got to do it. i got to engage with it. But can I tell you, here's what else will happen. I'll be reading it thinking I'm bumping along. I'm ready for a word of encouragement. talks about, you know, honor one another, love one another, have a kind, a kind word, turns away right. like, kind word? Nah, man, I'm going to add some fuel on this fire. No, no, no. See, what happens is this. God's Word renews our minds. It transforms us. It renews us. And when that begins to happen, it gets down in our heart. It gets in our soul. Why? Because the Word of God is like a seed that grows. And when it's planted, it will not return void. It transforms us, and it works, and it changes. This is the concept that we see in James. James kind of lines it out this way. Because as you begin to grow, it goes from a thought to a belief. So I had this thought. Now I'm going to start believing it. That belief now becomes a desire. That desire turns to an action. And can I tell you, that action will produce an outcome. What's the thing that you're thinking of, that you're looking at? I wish I could just reconcile with my family. I wish I could just you know, be able to communicate and and connect with my wife or my husband. I wish I could parent well. I wish I could could handle this difficult situation. I wish that I could have the conversation. I wish I could resolve conflict. Can I tell you? It's all right here. Not your particular situation lined out in exact detailed form, but those principles are right here. Have you ever had to forgive somebody? I mean, because, look, you read this, you start reading it, you're gonna read some stuff that's not an easy pill. That's why it's gonna be hard. Has anyone ever hurt you? Stabbed you in that? Love your enemies? Man, love my, no, I'm doubling down. I'm gonna I'm make my enemies pay. Okay? No, no, no. Love your enemies. Forgive. Have you ever been wrong? You have to forgive? That's not easy. And make no mistake, just because I have a pastor in front of my name, I'm human, I've had to forgive. I've had to love enemies. I've had people say things, do things. Forgive. Not because I'm a pastor. Because I'm a Christian. And I'm going to do what this word says. You ever had this word talk to you about your money? Man, 10%. That's a lot of money. I mean, tithe. Stewardship. Talk to you about serving? Man, the greatest among you is servant of all? What? I'm going to be a servant? Like, i got to serve? i got to give? This word will talk to you. You see, the word is clear. The problem is not with the word. The problem is when I'm not engaged with this word, my heart is not in a place where I begin to submit to what this word says. Remember, this word is not a window in which I view everyone else through and begin to place judgment on. That's how we've experienced life sometimes. This word is a mirror. It reads me. It shows me where I can grow. It shows me where I need to change. It shows me what I need to do and what begins to happen is my heart for you is this. Is that you begin to trust God so much that when you read this word, it trumps the fear that you experience in life. So it will change you. Here's another thing. It will direct you. It will direct you. You see, the word of God is directive. It gives you direction. If you've ever wondered, where do I go? What decision do I make? Who do I marry? What job do I take? We're all in a moment of going, I need to make a decision. God's word will direct you. And and what I want to do is I want to give you a little landscape of understanding the different ways in which God speaks to us through this word. And it's important for us to understand this because when you don't know the different ways in which God speaks to you through his word, then you miss out on how he's trying to communicate to you. So when you look at the landscape of God's word and how He directs you, there's a couple of things that you look at when you look at, bib- at, at, at biblical literature. First is this: you, you look at this. There's the narrative. That's the law, the history. There, there's poetry, Psalms, and 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 you read in Job. Job is poetic, even in how how it was written. You have all these things. So there's poetry. So you have, you have the narrative. It's the law. It's the history. You have poetry. You have wisdom literature and Proverbs. That's wisdom. It gives you wisdom in how you should engage and interact with different things and different decisions and situations. There's wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is, and, and really, to quantify it, godly wisdom. What is godly wisdom? It's God's perspective on a situation. So there's wisdom in this word. There's prophecy. And then you have the gospels and the epistles. And, and the unique nature of the gospels and the epistles is something that is, is missed at times, is there is imperative commands. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't. And so what happens is, again, that's the danger of it. Well, we think, you know, you, I, I don't have time to get into it. You start talking about progressive Christianity and all these different things. Essentially, what we're doing is the 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 premise of it, when you look at that, is to go, no, 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 actually, all those things are optional. Do you want know to know where that leads? That then in turn, this is optional. But when I read this word, this is the ultimate authority. And when you recognize the significance and the power of this authority, it's not so we wor- we don't worship the Bible. You worship the God of the Bible the one who wrote it, the author, the creator. This is simply his written words to us because if you don't recognize the difference in those two and you don't recognize the significance of the literature of the Bible in its entirety, you'll end up in one of two ditches. Legalism, which legalism is simply trying to... to, You end up pulling certain things out of God's word and when you do, you end up at the wrong conclusion of what God's word was actually trying to say. And you become, it's all about rules, 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 and looking and living. Some of you grew up in an environment like that. It was all about rules, rules, rules. And that was the ultimate thing. No, no, no. Remember, this is so I know God more. It's not about rules and and all these things. What happens is you create doctrinal separatism. And you have these arguments and, and fractions based on these little minute things. But then the other thing is antinomianism. Which really is the danger because what that actually means is lawlessness. There's chaos. There's, there's doctrinal minimalism, meaning that, that you're indifferent. There's really no convictions. You can kind of have uh, 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 whatever kind of feel. What you feel like is how you're going to interpret this word. And you may go, Pastor Chris, why are you giving us all this? Because I want you to understand not only the significance of God's word, but I also want you to understand what you're experiencing when it comes to how you engage with God's word. Because, if you again, it's perspective. If I don't see it right, I won't respond right. So I'm understanding and recognizing that at the end of the day, when you read this word, it's not grace and, and truth are, are exclusive to one another. It, it, when you look at God's word and when you look at Jesus, He was the pinnacle of grace and truth, embodied. And that's what it looks like. So it gives us direction. It gives us clarity, and then last is this is it helps us. It helps us. Where do I get hope? Where do I get encouragement? Where do I fight my battles? It's from his word. It speaks to us. Encourages us. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. And he gives us a long list, and, and you may remember it, and your kids certainly do, because they'll learn. That's one of the first things they learn in the armor of God, you know. They do little cutouts, and you'll go to a little Christian bookstore. You'll even buy them little outfits, you know. You got all the helmet and the shield and the sword. You got it all, right? And you look at that, there's only one offensive weapon in that arsenal. It's this right here. It's this right here. It's God's Word. Now, I know, like, there's times we say, this is how I fight my battles. And really, when we're, when we're saying that, sometimes we're saying that, we're thinking it's worship and it's singing. And that's all good and significant. And that plays a part. But oftentimes, when you're looking at songs and worship songs, many times they're rooted in Scripture because this is how you fight your battle. This right here, Ephesians 6 17 says, What it says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's it. This is how I fight my battles, right here. You look at Jesus in the desert, the enemy comes to tempt him. What did he do in that battle? He quoted scripture, it was God's word. But it's both. Because even in worship, what are you experiencing? You're experiencing the Spirit of God. But again, it's not just the Spirit and not the Word. It's not just the Word. It's Word and Spirit together. And when they come together, it's transformational. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Because you're going, all right, I see the significance. I see how it impacts my life. Here's what I'm asking you to do. First thing is this. Just get started. Get started. When it comes to God's Word, get started. I want to challenge you. Read five minutes a day. Because if not, it's kind of like this. It's like if I... Some of you in here, you're like pit masters. You know what I mean? Like you're grilling machines. I'm like... Pastor Chris, I'd be like, hey, man, I got, this, I got this new grill. Pastor Chris, I'm fired up for you. No pun intended. What are you going to cook? I don't know. Maybe some rib I was talking to someone the other day. She was like, I'm picking up some, some ribs on the way home. You know, I'm going to have my husband smoke some ribs. I said, so he doesn't know. You're just going to show it with her. She's like, he just does it so good. I can't wait. I said, well, that's going to take some time. I know that, brother. He's watching football. You're going to have ribs for dinner, not lunch probably, just FYI. But it would be like if I'm like, I got a grill. I'm excited. But I never fired it up. You got to light your own grill. You got to light your own grill. Get in this word five minutes a day. Just five minutes a day. Start there. You got to get started. This isn't about like master class. I'm going to go online and learn how to be a pit master. But I never do anything with it. So our hope is not that you walk away with more information and a greater understanding but do nothing with it. Get in the Word and just start with five minutes a day. But here's the thing is I want us to learn to stand on the Word together. So as we're wrapping up, I'm going to actually ask all of you to stand to your feet. And I'm going to lead you in some prayers and some scripture. We're going to pray scripture together. A little different this morning as we wrap up and as we end. And so as we look at this, you may be in a place right now. Even as you're listening to me and you're listening to the Word and and you recognize this is how we're going to do this. This is how you can do this in your life. No matter the age and no matter the season. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, I want to know God. I want to know God more. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Romans 10.13 For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's his promise. i ask you to close your eyes. Jesus, you see, if that's you today, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. His word says, all you have to do is call on His name, and you shall be saved. As you're seated there, you simply pray to yourself, Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin, my guilt, and my shame, and you make me new. I want you to open your eyes again and, and look at this next scripture. Maybe you're struggling. You're, you're carrying a burden. There's something that's weighing you down. You're, you're in a season. You're in transition. It's been hard. I talk to people all the time. Still, so many people moving to the area from all over the nation. It's hard. I want friends. I need a family. I want to get connected. I need whatever it is. You're struggling. Maybe it's something with a child. Maybe it's something in your marriage. Maybe it's something in your family. Maybe it's someone you need to forgive. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. If you're struggling with a burden, let's pray for that. Jesus, I thank you for each one. Your word says that we can come to you. You'll give us rest. Those of us in here, we have burdens and struggles we're, we're carrying. We have decisions that need to be made. It's weighing on us, and we need you to work and move. I thank you that you're working and moving. And here's the last one. Again, you, you need peace. You, you don't know what to do. You feel a lot of confusion. You need clarity. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Can I tell you, you will face trouble in this life, but you don't have to live life troubled. So let me pray for you this morning. Jesus, I thank you that we can have peace, that you give peace, you are peace, and that you overcome every situation. I thank you for the way that you're working and you're moving in our hearts and our lives. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, that we can come to your word and get direction. We can be inspired. I thank you that it changes us and that it helps us. I pray that we would lean on your word today. Each and every day, let us know in a greater way. In Jesus' name.